when a friend of theirs has a new toy. <laughs> that is all we hear about around the house. When can I have that new toy? I want that new thing, whatever it is, right now. Welcome to Life, Love, and Family. It's about when things take priority over people, and it happens subtly. It's kind of sneaky. Before you know it, I'd rather be playing with my things than I would people. I've got gadgets and gizmos aplenty. I've got who's it's and what's it's galore. You want thingamabobs? I got 20. But who cares? No big deal. I want more. Are you worried about your kids or your grandkids? Are they spoiled? These selfish little kids, right? Fixated on getting the latest new thing. I have to have it now. You've tried to instill good values and you've shared your financial wisdom. And yet, doesn't it seem like a whole generation of younger Americans are driven to accumulate more and more stuff? And worse yet, they believe they deserve it and deserve it now. Entitlement. It's everywhere. I'm Dr. Greg Jantz, and today on Life, Love, and Family, we're talking about the harmful effects of entitlement and, ultimately, materialism. Are you concerned about a young person in your life, maybe yourself, or maybe you're living with somebody and you're seeing this materialism and entitlement and you're wondering, what do I do? Sometimes as a parent, we're also asking the question, where did I go wrong? Did I teach my kid that they could have everything and have it now? Let's talk about this today. What change can we make now that will affect us and those that we love? Let's just say your daughter moved back home after college. At first, you didn't worry about it at all. Most of your friends' kids came home after college too. It seems like they all came back. And you and your friends were all happy to help out. It's a tough job market. And your kids already have substantial debt, student loans. And as a good parent, as a good parent, we want to make sure that our child, who's now an adult, can make it in the world, right? The thing is, it's already been four years now. And your daughter is not showing any signs of leaving. Though by all accounts, she was a good student. In fact, you know she was a good student. And now she can't find a job in her field. And she seems to wait for a position to magically drop in her lap. And she has a part-time job at a little local craft store. It's driving you nuts. You suggest that she could apply for a full-time position at a local store or a restaurant. Someplace it's hiring, but she refuses to work in a job that she considers beneath me. In the meantime, it's as though you're expected to continue helping her and helping her and helping her. I mean, you're paying for the gas in her car. And you're paying for her food and housing. You're even paying for the student loan payments when she's short. And she's usually short. But the thing that upsets you the most, it's really her attitude. Instead of showing signs of gratitude or appreciation for all the things that you have done for her, your daughter becomes more demanding and almost argumentative. I mean, what happened to her? I sent her away to college to help prepare her for life, but now, where is our beautiful, loving girl? Feelings of entitlement don't shrink with time. Demands seem to grow bigger, and what used to be thought of as things that were earned with hard work and determination are now considered rights. 
I have a right to this. We see it in our elementary kids. The kids who come home and say, my friend has one. You know, it's usually technology, isn't it? Uh, when do I get a new phone? And all the things that once were considered more luxury items are now needs. We get confused. Our wants have become needs. And not surprisingly, materialism and entitlement do go hand in hand. Don't we just live in a one, maybe two-click world? Anything we want, bingo, it's there. We overextend ourselves. Instead of working for things and saving up, they seem to just buy it now, on credit. I deserve it. We all know the result. It's massive debt, more unhappiness. In some cases, we can even see the beginnings of a compulsive spending disorder and other problems. We see depression increase. We see addictions increase. At the center, a place of hope. We've worked with families and individuals through the years who really have developed compulsive spending, gambling addiction, and there's a lot of problems that get associated with this entitlement and materialism. We can restore balance, a new sense of what's healthy, a new sense of what is delayed gratification, how to postpone rewards in one's life. We can have a new joy. Kara's in the studio. Boy, as a mother of two sons, I can really relate. We've always had them do chores, and we've done different service projects through the years, so they do have an understanding of the value of work. But boy, when a friend of theirs has a new toy, <laughs> that is all we hear about around the house. When can I have that new toy? I want that new thing, whatever it is, right now. As entitlement and materialism sneaks into your household, and you're not liking the outcome, we're talking about this today. How to address the I wants and what feels like a demand. If someone you love struggles with feelings of entitlement, or if materialism has been taking over their life, there is hope. 888-771-5166. That's actually a very important number. The toll-free number to the center, a place of hope. And I want to mention that again today because I know the devastation and I know the destruction that can come when an addiction such as compulsive spending takes over. I know we live in a society of entitlement and I know how far it can take you where it turns into an addiction where we really do need professional outside intervention and help to change a direction of our life or the life of a loved one. 888-771-5166. You know, recent research has shown us that there is a relationship between materialistic kids and a dissatisfaction with their life later in adulthood. Sadly, the very things that parents did, hoping to make their kids feel happy, robbed these kids of the very thing they needed the most. When parents and grandparents give kids everything they want, they deny them of learning and really the satisfaction of earning things on their own. We call that delayed gratification. As we look at all the traits that make up for emotional intelligence, and emotional intelligence is the key ingredients to a long and satisfying 
happy life. One of the key ingredients of emotional intelligence, in other words, balance, is the ability to delay gratification, good impulse control. You've seen it. People that don't have good impulse control, they're cruising through the mall, they're spending, they're seeing something, or they're on the internet, click, click, click. It's like there's no delay. There's no thinking about it. They've lost that ability to delay gratification. You see this with kids many times who haven't learned how to enjoy the process of working towards something. And when we work towards something and work hard for it, we appreciate it. Now, we know that. But when we see kids who haven't really learned the value of hard work, then there's an expectation that I get everything, I need everything, and I deserve everything. And you're living with this. And you you do ask the question, what went wrong? We have a question from Mark about this very kind of thing. He says that his son's really angry. He blames everybody else for his problems. Mark says that his son finally moved out of the house last year, but he's always coming by to borrow the tools or to have his mother iron his shirts but he never says thank you for anything. One of the signs of emotional well-being, besides the ability to delay gratification, is something called gratitude. Mm. (laughs) And gratefulness, and you know when a person is really anchored in gratefulness, because you'll see this appreciation, not only do they say thank you, but you feel that they really mean it. When we see kids that show gratitude, we're seeing one of the traits of emotional intelligence. Gratitude says... I know how much I value you. I value what you do for me and thank you. Gratitude says, I know that you love me. Gratitude is also willing to receive a no when a no is there and the kid says, oh, 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 okay, 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 dad, okay, mom. It may not come out easily, but gratitude is able to receive a no. Today on Life, Love, and Family, we're talking about the harmful effects of entitlement and its partner, materialism. This center is a place of hope. 888-771-5166. I have a question here also from Jack. He's joined us, and he's asking if it's too late for a redo. His son is 25, and while he has a really good job, he understands the value of money and in terms of earning it. Jack's proud of him for all of this. Apparently his son has never saved or invested or given to charity. Is it too late for retraining? Yes, it's not too late. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Here's the good news. You may have done a lot of great things, but we know that our kids, as they get older, make their own choices. Mm -hmm. And sometimes those choices are tough to see. (laughs) Oh, here's one of the things that I would suggest you consider doing. Do the gift of time the two of you can start off volunteering together. You're not going to teach your son immediately to give necessarily money. Mm. Perhaps it's helping some folks on the streets. But set up, get approved to be a volunteer, and set up three different times to volunteer together. Extended times, four hours, six hours at a time, probably over a weekend. And you're going to take the initiative of this, and you're going to let your son know there's some things that I want to do with you. We're going to give some of our time to those that are less fortunate. I've worked this out for us. You're just kind of saying what's going to roll out here. 
you know, he's going to look at you and go, what, what? Come on, come along with me. We're going to do this together. The right situation can be life-changing, but you're teaching him to give of himself and time. And when you begin to do that, the next thing that will follow will be money, giving of time and resources. Would this be part of emotional intelligence too, along with delayed gratification? Because this is teaching gratitude. Right. And we see those that are less fortunate and we begin to help them. And maybe at first it feels really awkward. We don't even know how to help. I remember the first time that I took my son out on a rescue van. And what that was, was a van that would go downtown. We'd pass out together to the homeless blankets, hot chocolate, socks, these kinds of things, gloves, mm-hmm. in order to begin to help those. And I remember at first kind of awkward, you know, how do I do this? But as you get into giving of your time, and see the difference it makes in another's life, you're beginning to plant the seeds that really represent emotional intelligence in the area of gratitude. And you know, a person who gives of their time will begin to give in other ways. We give our heart. We begin to give a true place of really being concerned about others. And that's one of the signs that I'm growing. I lessen in entitlement because I'm giving to others. Today on Life, Love, and Family, we're talking about entitlement. You wrote a book, Gotta Have It. Gotta Have It. Oh, boy, gotta have it now. Gotta have everything now. I deserve it. Oh, do I sound like you're a kid? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, you know, some of the danger signs of entitlement. There's an attitude that goes with that. And it really does say, I want it now. And I don't have to work for it because I deserve it. It's... This entitlement that says, I'm better than others, Mm. though they won't say that. And I want it because I perceive that everybody else has it. And I believe it's going to make me better and more complete to have whatever it is. But what happens is the more I got to have it and the more I get it, the more I want more. It doesn't seem to work. And this is where the gotta have it attitude, the entitlement attitude can lead us to a place of addiction and addictive behaviors where I am compelled, I am compulsed to do this, to get this. I have to have it now and I will go to great extremes. It will affect my relationships. It'll destroy my relationships. I will take things over people and then I become dishonest. I will do anything in order to get my entitlement need met because I'm really acting in a whole addictive fashion. Entitlement is not a positive word. I know that we live in a culture of entitlement. There are kids today that grow up with this with parents that give them everything Mm -hmm. and the parents may not even realize, oh, I just want to give my kid a head start. I know, I know he's three, but he needed that iPhone. (laughs) Just giving him a head start. And we begin to make excuses. And then it happens about junior high hits and everything. We've front loaded all of these problems and we've really created probably unknowingly a mindset and culture of entitlement. And then we've realized that our ninth grader, our eighth grader can't seem to control their impulses. They're very impulsive and they're not delaying their gratification. They want everything now. 
and they don't grow up with a sense of earning it. We know that this is the seedbed for not only addiction, but depression and anxiety disorder as well. We know that if you've got a kid, research shows us 12, 17 years old, they will admit to asking the average around nine times for something until a parent gives in. Wow. Nine times. Now, do you actually tell your kid no nine times? See, they've learned to manipulate you. Wow. <laughs> we have a little saying around our household. See, I have a 12 and 15 year old. Our saying is, I love you too much to argue with you. <laughs> <laughs> and just the other day, my 12 year old to my wife said, when he was wanting something, mom was saying no. And he goes, mom, I love you too much to argue with you. Just give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> they learned, he learned exactly what to do. This whole area of having appropriate boundaries and letting our no be no and staying firm with that. Many times a parent is afraid, oh, I'm going to disappoint my kid. And yeah, it's true. All the other kids have this or have that. And you feel like you're standing alone. And I get that. And we know that advertising and marketing is very strong towards our kids. Kids who have developed this nagging behavior, they know if I stay with this, ultimately I can make that no a yes. So if you're a parent and you see this coming along, do you have a discussion with them? Can you actually sit down with your teenager and say, look, I don't want you to become this kind of kid or this kind of spoiled thing. Can you have this conversation? Or They may not have that what we call that executive function in the frontal lobe of their brain. They don't quite get it yet. And it may be very frustrating that you're trying to get them to understand and it has to go through that part of brain. We call it the wise brain. And it seems like they don't have that yet. <laughs> if you can answer it this way, if I could show you a way to earn this, would you be interested? Ooh. And usually the answer is yes. Mm -hmm. You see, I have a 15-year-old that already has his car picked out. Well, he <laughs> won't have a car at 15, but he has already told me, well, the kids at my school have cars. You know that, Dad. And in fact, some of them do. If I can show you a way to earn this and by your 17th birthday, I can show you how to do this, would you be interested? Yeah, yeah, Dad, I would. Okay, we start with showing them the value of, of hard work. Mm -hmm. And we don't call it hard work. <laughs> We're teaching them a backdoor approach. that Because if you say, hey, you know, you're going to have to work hard. It's going to take you two or three years, and it's hard work. And that's not going to appeal to them. But if I can show you a way. And over time, here's what can happen. Would you be interested? See, we want their buy-in. You're teaching them the value of that work, and importantly, you're teaching them one of the characteristics of emotional intelligence, the ability to delay gratification. Now, will he more value that car? Will he care for it greater? Will it mean more to him? Absolutely. We have a question from a high school teacher. Amy teaches language arts, and she says that she's concerned for her students who just aren't prepared to pick themselves up after they have a, a failure. Her bigger concern is actually about what she calls helicopter parents. Yes. She says she has three of them this year who will literally help write paper assignments as if she wouldn't have known the difference if the kid wrote it or if the parent wrote it. Oh my it, goodness. Right. As a public school teacher, how do I help 
instill some of these things in these kids when they're not getting it at home. Hmm. One of the things that you can do is confront a parent. Mm-hmm. And there are times where we do something called a redo. <laughs> when we begin to, and it's hard to turn the tide of the home, I, I get that. But we can set up a classroom that is really based upon the core values of honesty mm-hmm. and work. And we begin to reward honesty in certain ways. And we begin to reward the whole team. In other words, the class is a team and divided into teams. And we reward them for characteristics that we value, such as honesty. We reward them for character traits, integrity. So we're going to teach them principles of good character in the classroom. And, you know, many times it's like the dads that intervene too much in a sport that their kid is playing. Mm-hmm. They're running out on the field or they're arguing with the coaches. They are teaching something that is very destructive. And we got to be careful that we're not teaching parents to manipulate the system because the parent's getting more value from this than the child. I remember the kid that told me he's actually a professional football player now in the NFL. He said, you know what? I hated it when my dad was at my high school games Mm. because of the pressure. It was more about him than it was about me. I can hardly wait till my career is over because it's now even more about my dad. Watch those lines. Are we doing this for them or for ourselves? Today on Life, Love, and Family, we're talking about the harmful effects of entitlement. The center is a place of hope. 888 771 5166. What is that place Kara's talking about? The center, mm-hmm. a place of hope. 30 years, the center has been providing whole person care. We work with individuals from around the country who come to learn how to get whole person care that change the direction of their life. That's a very valuable number. 888 771 5166. Kara, we were talking about my book, Gotta Have It. Right. On the cover of that book is a whole stack of things. It's all the electronics. It's everything all stacked up. The title says, Gotta Have It. The freedom from wanting everything now. And I want to clarify, I'm all for you having your toys and doing what you'd like to do. It's not about that. It's about when things take priority over people and it happens subtly It's kind of sneaky, but before you know it, I'd rather be playing with my things than I would people. And we begin to use things to meet emotional needs instead of people. We have a question from Francine. She's married, she has children, and she lives near her folks and they're getting older. She regularly helps them out, cooking meals from time to time or helping around the house, that kind of thing. But every time her younger sister, who lives in a different state, every time her younger sister comes to stay with her parents, the younger sister actually runs the the parents ragged. She wants mom to cook her favorite meals. She wants dad to fix her car. She just has them going nonstop. And they'll continue doing it until they can't do it. Yeah. Because it gives them a sense many times of value. But we need to be careful about the overuse, which leads to the misuse of people. You know, there are people that just love to do things for us. They just love to take care of us. And then we begin to allow it. And then we begin to expect it. 
And then the next step is we begin to misuse that relationship for what we can gain. Oh, sure, it's nice to have help. So glad he came over. He painted my house in two days. That's great. <laughs> yeah. And then let's see, what else can I find for him? There's the expectation. See, that's where it crosses the line of misuse of people and relationships. The misuse of people and relationships will ultimately take you to a place of regret. Because eventually, in some way or another, a person gets all used up and it comes back on us. A report in the Wall Street Journal said that there are corporations like Land's End and Bank of America that are actually hiring what we call praise teams. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> wow. A praise team. Can you see that on your business card? I, I'm the head of the praise team. <laughs> the praise team. And it's not the worship team <laughs> at, at church. What is this generation Y and the entitlement generation? They've developed demand for a constant positive reinforcement. I got to be constantly praised and praised and praised. Now, I'm all for positive praise. I'm all for positive psychology and telling the truth. But if we have a need for constant positive reinforcement, then we probably don't feel very good about ourselves. And if we're hiring people to walk around corporations just to praise us for doing a good job, we got to say, what in the world is wrong here? Gratitude or the lack of it is a sign of emotional intelligence. Do everything for them, they'll misuse relationships, ends up really having such an inflated sense of self, and they are all about them and getting all their needs met through the misuse of relationships. Today, Kara, we're talking about compulsive spending, entitlement, and the culture that we're living in, and we may have stumbled onto something today that is in your household and you're looking at this going, I don't like what I'm seeing. And does somebody you love really struggle with this and you see this entitlement and you know where it's going? Maybe it's the first time that you've really recognized, yikes, it may be my attitude that's causing the trouble. Don't accept that. Today, we want to help. There is hope. I'm Dr. Greg Chance, founder of the Center of Place of Hope. And together with Dr. Tim Clinton and the Life, Love, and Family team, we've gathered resources that we believe will be helpful to get you started. Here's the toll-free number that you can call, 855-455-3264, 855-455-3264. I want to personally thank you for listening today on behalf of Kara and myself, the Life, Love, and Family you can listen to this again or share it with somebody that really needs to hear it from the website lifeloveandfamily.net. Let's break this attitude of entitlement and bring in a new freedom and joy and gratitude. 
Let this new year be one of true accomplishment and learning to value God's greater blessings with a new sense of peace. Life, love, and family. You know the feeling where you're tired and unmotivated and sometimes you get mad for no reason. And maybe you don't like what it's doing to your family or to your job. That's why the Center for Counseling and Health Resources has been there for people for more than 30 years. They take a whole person care approach that'll look at everything from your nutrition, your vitamin balances, your mind, your spirit. Call 1-888-771-5166 or for help right now visit aplaceofhope.com. 